First Class Fatherhood. That is where Alec Lace comes in with his popular podcast. And one of the most interesting was on a podcast. Alec Lace interviews high-profile fathers from actors to NFL players with a vision to change the narrative of fatherhood and family life. Welcome, everybody, to another special edition throwback episode of First Class Fatherhood. I'm happy and honored, as always, to be here with you guys. Thank you for stopping by. And this past weekend, it was the 66th birthday of the legendary singer Donny Osmond. He turned 66 on December 9th. I figured it'd be a good time to throw it back to my interview with Donny Osmond right here on First Class Fatherhood. It was one of my most downloaded episodes of the year 2021. We did the interview in November, right towards the end of the year. Donny Osmond has been in the game for a very long time. He was a teen idol when he and his four brothers formed the Osmonds way back. And then him and his sister Marie formed Donny and Marie. They did a variety series for a number of years. They both had an 11-year run together in a residency in the Flamingo over in Las Vegas. And Donny Osmond is back in Las Vegas now, too, with another residency. He's over at Harris right now. You can see Donny. He's a solo performance over there. Donny Osmond also crushed his appearance on Dancing with the Stars, where he finished number one in season seven. He was also the runner-up of the very first season of The Masked Singer. It's a big honor to get Donny Osmond on the podcast here, so I'm going to play you guys the rebroadcast from our conversation right now. And please follow me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace for the upcoming guest announcements. I'm doing my best to come out with a banger in 2024. So make sure you follow me over there on Instagram to find out who I got lined up to join me here as we start the new year, new season of First Class Fatherhood. And I have had many other singers join me on the podcast here. If you go through the archives, you can check them out. Quite a few of the, uh, we had the Backstreet Boys, Nick Carter, A.J. McLean, Brian Littrell. Brian Littrell joined me with his son, Bailey. Uh, that was a really good father-son episode. Also had from uh, Sync Chris Kirkpatrick. Many other musicians and singers have stopped by the podcast as well, so go check them all out. I hope all you dads out there got all your Christmas shopping done. We've only got, uh, you know, what, 12 days or something like that left till Christmas Day here. Uh, so if you haven't got it done, get it done. And if you're looking for a last-minute Christmas gift for a father in your neighborhood or in your family, check out First Class Fatherhood Advice and Wisdom from High Profile Dads. It's available on Amazon. You should be able to get it next day shipping with Amazon Prime. I think the other regular shipping is only a couple of days. There's still time for you to get it in time for Christmas. Makes a great Christmas gift. So check it out. The link to the book, which was an Amazon bestseller, is down there in the description of today's podcast episode. And as always, please help me spread the word about today's episodes, every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list, and let them know about the show that's here celebrating fatherhood and family life. You guys know it. Every day is Father's Day right here on the podcast. And here comes a rebroadcast from my interview in November of 2021 with legendary singer Donny Osmond on First Class Fatherhood. <laughs> Joining me now, First Class Father, Donny Osmond. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Thank you. It's good to be here with you. All right, let's start it like this. How many kids do you have? How old are they? 72 that I know of. <laughs> <laughs> you caught me on a day where don't take anything I say seriously, right? No, I've got five wonderful sons, and I love every one of them. They're all married now, and so I've, I've got grandkids now. Wow. Yeah. Well, I, I got four kids myself. We got the girl on the fourth try. Otherwise, I'd have five right there with you. But I'm a long way from grandkids, I hope anyway. So, yeah, uh, we, you know, out of 12 grandkids, we only have two little girls, granddaughters. So we only know how to make boys in the Osmond family. <laughs> well, listen, obviously, you've had a, a legendary career here. For, the, for some of my listeners who may not know, please hit them with a little bit about your background and what you do. 
Well, it's this is my sixty, almost sixtieth year in show business. In fact, my show in in Vegas—that's what it's all about. It's uh, it's sixty years of show business. And in fact, I do this rap. Uh, it's a ten-minute rap. I know everybody's probably laughing that Donny Osmond's doing a rap, but it starts out like uh, it all began back in Utah. I was four years old, started singing with my brothers, and the sound was like gold. So my folks took a leap and said, "What the hey? We got to get these monsters out to California." And it it gets faster and faster and faster for ten minutes. It's nothing but everything I've done in a sixty-year uh, span of show business. Now a lot of your listeners may not know. Younger listeners may only know me as Captain Shang from Mulan or from the mass singer or winning dancing with the stars, things like that. But I go back, yeah. I go way back. Yeah. You go way back. You obviously, like I said, you ha- you had a legendary career. So take me back. If you could hear Donnie to the beginning of your fatherhood journey, about how old were you when you very first became a dad and how did that experience kind of change your perspective on life? I was young. I, I got married at 20 and my first son came at 21 and, uh, uh, changed my life. And I mean, it just grounded me because, you know, show business can really be a rocky place. And uh, you don't really know who your friends are, or whatever. But I could always go home and to my wife and my my kids, and uh, they're 19 years apart, all five of them. And our youngest is 23, and our oldest is 42. Wow, yeah, incredible. One of the things for me, Donnie, like I said, with the four of them, is making sure I get that individual one-on-one time, and that cha- gets challenging as they each come along here. So, what what would you say of the five was the was the most challenging or, or, or most difficult transition for you as far as number of kids? You know, it. Uh, every one of them were fantastic in their own right. Now, obviously, there's challenges uh, with with every single one of them because everyone has their own agency and freedom to do whatever they want to do. But, you know, my wife and I have our certain rules and regulations under our roof, and uh, we try to teach them good principles and let them govern themselves. That's that's the key takeaway here. If If I could say anything on this podcast, it's let them govern themselves, teach them correct principles, and let them govern themselves. In fact, what we did is, a lot of people kind of raise an eyebrow to this is that when they were 14 years old, we gave them a credit card and it was that first bill that taught them how to respect money. So you say you give kids a credit card. Absolutely. Teach them early how to, how to treat money, how to respect, you know, debt and things like that, how to treat it. Um, and it obviously each one of them to answer your question is going to present a challenge somewhere, particularly in the teens. You love them. And there's always an open door policy. And each one of them know that if they call me, no matter what I'm doing, unless I'm on stage or something, I always take their call. And uh, I'm always available to them. An interesting thing about, and I'm sure you find, how old are your kids? My oldest, I was just going to say, my, my oldest is 15. Then we have a 14, 10, and 7. So our oldest is kind of softly bring us, bringing us in here to the teenage years. Well, you're going to find something that um, eventually uh, you have to learn how to let go. That's the hardest thing is to learn how to let go. Uh, and let them stand on their own two feet, make their own mistakes, because that's where they learn. If you're a helicopter parent, then they never learn. And uh, you have to allow that agency to, you have to, they have to own their own agency and make those decisions. So it's difficult. It's very, very hard as a parent because you don't want them to bump their noses, as it were, and and trip and fall in certain places. And you help them as much as possible. But then again, you have to let go. And that you haven't come to that point yet, but you will. 
No, and actually, Donnie, what we're going through right now, my 10-year-old just got cut from the basketball team, and he was devastated because it was something he was really hoping to make, and he tried really hard, and he got cut from the team. And I think oh, in, in the long run, although it's it, it's really devastating for him now, I think it'll be a benefit to him down the line here. And I, I, th- I think that the every kid gets a trophy philosophy has been a colossal failure um, because I think that, like you said, that they need those opportunities to fail and to grow and to learn and to develop. So, and one thing I do talk a, a lot on this podcast about is the fatherless crisis that we have going on where so many kids yeah. are growing up without a father or a father figure, the family unit's been broken down. I think that's been a big problem, a big, one of the biggest causes of the trouble we're seeing in our society. What's your take? Yeah. Uh, you hit on a very difficult point because if I had the magic wand and I could wave it, you know, I'd be waving it like crazy. There are so many, so many situations, uh, you know, you and I are fortunate. We have a family and, and we are fathers and we are in our children's lives and help them. But there's so many kids out there that don't. So what do you do? You take what you have and you build upon it the best you can break that, that chain, that, that, that bad chain in your life and start again. In fact, quite interesting this is not a promotion i apologize if it comes across as a promotion but my latest album is called start again i wanted to write a song that really had to do with all of us particularly during the pandemic we all have to start again and try new things and reinvent ourselves um and that's what i think a lot of these kids have to do because i know many of them because they're my my children's friends they, they come over to my house and it's unfortunate what kind of situations they're in but they have to just start again and build upon what they have and don't rely upon the weaknesses that that your dad may have had. Be a better person. Uh, use that as an example to say, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that, but I will do this and I will do that. So everybody's an island. Everybody has their opportunity of becoming great. And, and in those situations, which is really tough, you just have to knuckle down and be the best you can with the circumstances that you have. Yeah, very well said, Don. Yeah, and one of the things I did hear from a lot of the dads during the pandemic was it kind of forced a lot of dads off the road, uh, not not in the office as much. They got to spend more time with their family and kids and say, hey, I've been missing out here on quite a few things. And so it's really opened a lot of dads' eyes across the country uh, since the pandemic had happened, and it gave them a chance to reconnect, uh, as it may be, with their family. Well, you know, there's a balance, too, because we have to get out there. We have to make a living and provide for our children, for, for our families. And so you still have to work and you can't just go on vacation, you know, every five minutes. But what you can do is be there. Like I said, when they call you, you drop what you're doing if you can. And you spend quality time, whether it's on the phone or in person, most <laughs> probably better in person, obviously, if you can. But be there. You know, and not just sit there and talk to them and think about something. No, really be in their lives and and uh, empathize with them and share with them. But mostly listen to them. You know, what's interesting I've learned is that and this is a, a general rule that I stick to throughout my life. And that is people essentially and instinctively know how to fix their problems. They just want a sounding board. And sometimes and it drives me crazy. When I see these parents dictate to their children, you got to do this and you got to do that versus saying, what do you think you should do? They may have the answers already. They just need a listening ear. And what better ear than a dad or a mom or a parent? But just listen. And I had a very interesting conversation early on because I tried to be the best dad I possibly could. And I was strict and stern and all that kind of stuff. My oldest, in fact, my two oldest sons, they both did this. And I don't recommend it, uh, but it taught me a great lesson. 
I was telling them, you should be doing this and you should be doing this and all this kind of stuff. And then one day, each one of them at different times said, dad, shut up and sit down and listen to me. And something happened to me. And I said to myself, they have a voice. Let them speak and listen to them without any advice. It was the best conversation I ever had with my sons just to listen to them. When they say, what do you think, dad? Then you give a little advice, but mostly you validate their opinion, make them feel like they're empowered. And then you see the growth in the children when you empower them, not dictate to them. Wow. Yeah. Beautifully said, Donnie. And I'm kind of curious to get your opinion here, because like I said, my oldest is 15. My youngest is my only girl. She's seven. And I'm in no hurry to her to get into these teenage years and start that dating oh. scene. You've been through this. You got, uh, you know, grandkids and the whole bit. And, and, and one thing today, Donnie, is the kids are exposed to so much more today than they were when I was growing up. So things come at them a lot quicker and a lot faster. So I'm trying to prepare myself. How did you kind of handle it when your kids became old enough to start hitting the dating scene? Well, you got to be careful there because you can't meddle in their dating scene, but it has to start long before then. You know, if you have a great relationship with them, I read something the other day that um, that really shocked me. He said, really, the teaching process and training process of a child is over at around five or six. They know how much you love them by the time they're five or six. You can't start as a teenager. But if you find yourself in this situation, it's better to just listen to them and let them know that you're you're not the enemy now another interesting thing that you we we've all got to do is we have to be careful about discipline um how do i put this delicately it's good to have rules children want to know where the boundaries are they'll push them and they'll push them hard depending upon their personalities but it's better to have rules and regulations in your home and if they if they fail to keep up with those rules and regulations then there's a penalty but here's the key in my opinion is that if there's a punishment whatever it might be never spanking or anything like that that's that's out of the question but whether they lose a privilege or something like that then the secret is you follow it up with love if you don't you become their enemy then when you try to teach them something they won't listen to you because you're their enemy so you with that whenever you're disciplining a child you immediately follow it up with unconditional love so important yeah wow very great stuff donnie and i i'm curious here too uh, i know obviously i've had a few of the dads on here that have competed on uh dancing with the stars i've had one that won the mirror ball as the as the professional the maxim chimerkovsky stopped by uh you went on the show smashed it took home took home the trophy what was that experience like for you what did, what did the kids think of you uh competing on that show what was their take on it oh they thought it was great in fact my oldest son he was kind of like my assistant through the whole thing he was with me in the rehearsal halls and and uh, I'll tell you an experience that, that really changed that whole outcome. Uh, I had This is like the, the eighth week or seventh week out of 10 weeks. And I had three dances to do. And uh, I totally blew the first one. I just messed it up royally. In fact, I was at the bottom of the leaderboard. This is my son, Don, my oldest, Don Jr. Now, you, you can only imagine the security in this place is really tight. It's a live show. So you can't just walk backstage without credentials. I don't know how he did it, but after that number, I was back in the hallway and I was just completely depressed thinking I've lost this thing. I looked down this long hallway. Somehow he had gotten past security. 
and he is walking towards me and grabbed me by my lapels, threw me up against the wall. And he said, now, dad, you get out there and be the professional that I know you are and you know you are. Now go win this thing. And it was it was almost a shock that my my little boy, well, he wasn't little at the time. He he just taught me a lesson. He said, now stop feeling sorry for yourself. Now you get out there and do your job. And every week thereafter, for the next three weeks, I kept going up and up and finally won it. But that was the turning point when my dad, my dad said, stop feeling sorry for yourself. Now you get out there and do your job. It was wow. great. Great father-son moment right there for sure. It was. A, what a bonding moment. And we, we laugh at it today, but he taught me a lesson. And uh, so that, that was a wonderful father-dad experience. And, and I've had so many of those with every single one of my wonderful sons. And... Uh, I mean, I could spend, you know, the next couple hours telling you those kinds of experiences, but it all gets back to the love and trust you have with each other. And I don't think he would have ever done that if, if we didn't like each other, he wouldn't have cared. He said, dad, go ahead and lose. I don't care. But no, he cared. He really cared about what his dad did, not for his sake, but for my sake. So, and then, and then. Obviously, then too, you went on the Masked Singer, and what was that? What was that like for them? Did you? I mean, how, how tight? I mean, I've had a few of the guys. I know Brian Austin Green, who's been on it. But what is it like? You, how, how secret do you have to keep this from all your family? Did any of them guess that it was you on the show? They had no idea. I couldn't. I couldn't tell my kids. I told my wife eventually because I was walking around the house pretending to be a peacock. She said, "What in the what in the heck are you doing?" I, I got to tell you something, honey, and because I don't keep keep any secrets from you. And I told her, she said, oh, you've got to be kidding me. And I said, I can't tell the kids. That's that's a complete no-no. But they kind of guessed because they know my voice. And they called me up and said, Dad, you've got to be the peacock. And I was the very first mass singer. And uh, I started the whole thing. And they thought, wow. And my, in fact, it's really interesting. Some of my grandkids still call me the peacock. <laughs> I'm the peacock. Yep. Well, you know what? That leads right into. I was going to ask you, what has the transition been like for you uh, becoming a grandfather? What is it like for you to watch your sons become dads? Oh, it's just wonderful. I mean, it's uh, I don't know how to put it into words other than accelerating euphoric to see my children go through the same thing that I've done. And, and what's wonderful is and, and you hear this all the time and, and you're going to experience this as well. The greatest thing is when the grandkids come over. You just love on them like crazy and feed them full of sugar and send them home. <laughs> I said, Mom and Dad, you take care of the rest. It's You know, you kind of wish you could start with the grandkids and then go to the children. But uh, <laughs> but it, it's really cool to see that happen. Every one of my boys, except my youngest now, because he just got married recently, have children. And it's fascinating to watch how how we've raised our children and how they raised their children. And it's all different. They all have, because when you introduce a spouse, whether it be a wife or a husband, uh, they obviously have 50% of the say, and it changes the dynamic. And again, you have to let them do their job and what they think is best for the children. But you see those little idiosyncrasies and traditions that we started as parents filter into, into their families. It's, it's just an amazing dynamic to watch. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, I, I would imagine so. I'm looking forward to it myself in no hurry to get there, like I said. But and you mentioned there too the the, the rap that you do. You mentioned the Vegas show. Uh, what yeah. inspired you to get get back into you know get to Vegas, get the show, and what can the the listeners or the viewers expect to see when they get there? 
it's probably the biggest show solo show that i've ever put together because it's all inclusive and it's everything i've done in my entire uh, show business life and uh talk about a challenge to put together there's another segment in there that's that took me a long time to figure out how to do technically and otherwise and that is i just released this album that i just mentioned to you start again it's my 65th album so i started thinking okay which album do i put into the show besides this this current one and i thought i'm gonna put them all in every single album every single song i've ever recorded is in the show so there's a segment i call the request segment all the albums are on this huge video wall behind us anyone can pick any album any song on any album and we do it just like that and we do maybe 30 45 seconds of it so we get to about maybe five or six songs but the cool thing about it is that it's fun for us because the show changes every night it's 10 15 minutes of nothing but improv and then obviously there's the the songs from the from the album and i turn the whole theater into a Mulan experience. I got permission from Disney to utilize the film itself. And I edited uh, a fight scene. I've had just bits and pieces of the film. And of course my song, let's get down to business. And we do this, the, the stick fighting, just like Captain Shang in the screen behind us. And it's a whole Mulan experience and the audience just eats it up. It's just wow. amazing. Yeah, yeah so- sounds incredible. Uh, and as I said, obviously you've had a, a legendary uh, career. Your, your, your legacy uh, in the music industry is secure. But what would you consider? What would you say you want your legacy to be as a dad? That I was always there. That I was al- always loving and kind. Uh, yes, I. I had, like I said, I had the rules. With along with my wife, we've established those rules. Uh, I have. We have a saying in my home that uh, my dad kind of coined this phrase. He said, "I'm the head of the home." And then my mom would say, yeah, but I'm the neck that turns the head. <laughs> and, so, and so that's my, my wife and I are just co-equals. Uh, my, my legacy or my, the reputation I want with my children that when they talk to their grandkids is that my dad was always there for me under any circumstances. And any problems, he'd always help. He's always there for me. That's what I want to be known as. Yeah, beautiful, Donnie. And obviously, you got the Vegas show going now. What kind of goals or plans do you have? What's next for you? You think of beyond that? You working on any other kind of projects? Well, well, sixty-five. I'm an underachiever. What are you talking about? Eh? <laughs> <We> got... <laughs> I, uh, I'm actually getting ready to go over to England. I'm doing this pantomime show. A, pa- a pantomime is, um, is kind of like British culture, and they've asked me to be the wizard. Uh, I'm the MC of the entire show. This is the biggest pantomime show. Uh, in their history and they've been going since the 40s i guess i don't know and uh, i'm commanding all of this this fire and fireworks and explosions on stage and i do uh, maybe four or five numbers and uh, i actually do um, a song that uh, ozzy osbourne told me it was his favorite one of his favorite rock and roll songs a song we did back in 72 i think it was 73 called crazy horses and during that song i command all this fire on stage dressed up as a wizard and I can hardly wait. In fact, that's what I was doing just before I made this call was learning all my lines and and going through the the choreography of it all. Wow! Wow! Sounds fantastic, Donnie. So, um, all right, then, listen. As soon as I finish that, I fly right back to Las Vegas and start that up again. Man, incredible. Yeah, great stuff. So, listen, I'm not going to keep you any longer here. Last thing I want to hit you, and I'd love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about to be father who's out there listening? Get as much sleep as you can right now. because you ain't gonna get a lot afterwards but you 
you just love them. You know, it's a feeling. You know what this feeling is like when they come out and they're kicking their little feet and and their arms are waving and they're they're crying. I started crying and it was just the same way for all five of my wonderful boys. And and I'm sure you felt that same way with your children. It's a miracle to be able to, to bring a little body, a little spirit like that onto this earth. And so be grateful for it. Be thankful for it. Yeah, very well said. I love the message. This has been an honor for me. I got to say, Donnie Osmond, you're a first-class father all the way. And thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time here on First Class Fatherhood. My pleasure. Have a good one. You have been listening to First Class Fatherhood. Please visit www.firstclassfatherhood.com to find out more details. You can order First Class Fatherhood advice and wisdom from high-profile dads on Amazon.com or wherever books are sold. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Proverbs 22.6 tells us, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will never depart from it. God bless, and I'll catch you next time.